Praise God. Praise God. We'd like to welcome everyone tonight. If you're a guest with us, we're so glad you're here worshiping with us this evening. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We'd like to say a special welcome. We got a friend of Jason is here tonight. Jason found one of our cards, our seed cards on his car, and he's here tonight. So Jason, it's good to have you tonight, man. We're glad you're here. Amen. And so we're sowing and God's responding. So we're going to keep sowing. So we've done 1,802 weeks and we're going to do another 1,000 this week, another 1,000. We're going all the way to 10,000. So no seed, no harvest. So we're going to we're going to keep moving forward because God is faithful, isn't he? Amen. We're, going, we're just following the Holy Ghost tonight, and we're just obeying what I feel like the Lord wants us to do. And Thursday night, for those of you that were there, the Lord began to speak something, and I felt there's a continuation of that this evening because I feel like not only is it where we are as a, as a body, but I also think it speaks to where some of you are individually and what God's trying to do individually in you and also for us collectively. So Brother Trombley is going to come. Brother Trombley is going to come and obey the Holy Ghost. Would you come, Brother Trombley, and obey the Holy Ghost? Praise God. I'm being threatened up here. Praise God. It's good to be here. Brother You, it's good to see you. Brother, Sister Wright, it's an honor and a nerve-wracking honor to be in front of you personally, but uh, I'll try to get my butterflies flying in formation. And uh, God is doing something in the earth. Amen. What an honor to be a part of it. What an honor to be here at West. Uh, without further ado, I'm just going to turn to a scripture that the Lord laid on my heart today. I have my iPad, joke, 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 I'm an old guy, so... Uh, I go to the Brother U School of Preaching. I have stickies everywhere and notes everywhere, and we just hope that the Lord will sort them out. So I always blame you for that, Brother U. I don't know if that's appropriate or not. But uh, Psalms chapter uh, 108, verse 1. Psalms 108, verse 1. I want to say something. I want to give honor to Joel. Brother Joel and Sister Kate and to you, to this church, I, I don't think you understand what role you played in my wife and I's life. Uh, I really don't. This is not the time to say it, but I just want to say thank you. <clears throat> Psalms 108, verse 1. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing praises unto thee among the nations, for thy mercy is great above the heavens, and thy truth reaches under the clouds. You may be seated. We sang that song. I'll never let a rock cry out. Unfortunately, I stand before you guilty of over the past several years of letting a lot of rocks cry out in my place. But I made up in my mind, I made a decision that that would happen no more. 
I made a choice. I didn't hear from God necessarily outside of his word. I didn't go crawling to the bishop to save my soul. I didn't do anything other than what I knew to do, and that was to praise God. I made a choice that I'm jealous of the rocks crying out for me, and I wasn't going to stand for it anymore. Amen. I want to talk to you about a few things. We sang that song, and Mother Wright used to sing that song, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done. We sing the right stuff. We used to sing the right stuff, and we've sang the right stuff here tonight. Because, you know, you serve a God that doesn't want you just addicted to the, to the crack thing where we come to church and you hear a great word of great oratory or a great deep theology or you even come and feel and embrace the emotion of it all, which is all good. But it's not enough. We must think and make decisions. Some of you think that some people are more spiritual. I got news for you. I am the... I got news for you. Go see my wife over there and she'll tell you how carnal I can be when it's time to let down. But when it's time to come to church or when it's time to pray or when it's time to preach or when it's time to love others, I'm all in that. By a decision... Let me clarify a few things for you just quickly here. I'm going to try to take my time. It's not something that I'm very good at. Uh, in, in, in Scripture, in the Hebrew Scriptures and in the Hebrew culture and the Hebrew mind, there's not this great separation between heart and mind and feelings and thinking. It, 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 it's too much for me to go into to prove it to you, but... We often associate the heart simply with love and emotion. But in Hebrew and in the Hebrew culture, and your Old Testament is written in Hebrew, and we won't argue today, but there's even a Hebrew version of the Matthew that's been found called Shane Tobe's Hebrew Gospel. And the mindset of them is the heart and the mind and the feelings, they all reside in the same place. So throughout scripture you'll find words like mind and heart and, and feelings and, and, and most of the time they all mean the same thing and sometimes they're even the same Hebrew word. I want to tell you today that your heart will go in the direction that you point it. Now we're going to get really deep. The problem is, it's like Mark Twain I read once said that it's not the things that I don't understand about the Bible that bother me. It's the things that I do understand, and we're going to talk about things that are easy to understand here tonight. Your heart, your desire, your worship, your praise, your prayer, your fruit, whatever, will go in the direction that you point it. Not God, not the preachers, not even the Bible, because you can control whether you read that or not. Your heart will go where you point it. Now that's good news for some of us and it's really bad news for others because I've come to realize that not everybody shares Brother Trombley's openness. But I'm going to tell you for the last two, three years my heart had gone in the direction that I pointed it and it wasn't a good direction at all. 
And you know when it changed? I decided, God, if you'll let me come to West, if you'll give me a second chance, if you'll help me, Lord, and you'll get me out, not of something, but you'll get me out of where I brought myself to. If you'll do that, then I'll sit on the front row and I'll worship when nobody else is worshiping. And I'll preach when I'm asked to preach even though I don't want to preach. I'll do what you, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. I don't care who talks about me, who runs me down, who thinks I'm sucking up. It doesn't matter to me. I'm made up in my mind. You got to make up in your mind. We over-spiritualize everything. We are made up. Oh, God. Well, if God will just touch me, He'll never touch you like that. He'll woo you. He'll draw you. He'll try to send people to get you there. But when you come down to the altar, when you make a stand, when you say, I do to God, He's right there every time. (laughs) I'm going to go somewhere. I need to move on. But I I was looking through. I, I don't know why Christians don't keep prayer journals. It's always befuddled me to no end. But I looked at an old prayer journal. I should have brought it. It was an old green military ledger. 1994, I was on a ship outside the Atlantic Ocean, outside of uh, the coast of Africa somewhere. And uh, I began writing this journal. My life was a mess. And I, and I, I, I found that tonight. Uh-huh. And, and I was sitting at my desk at home and it popped out. And I have piles of journals. And I realized something all over again. I am not where I want to be. I am not what I want to be. But I am not how I used to be. My God. I read some of that stuff. It was embarrassing. (laughs) One entry was, well... I guess I'm going to tithe. I don't know what's... I wrote this to myself and God. I'm going to start tithing because these crazy Jesus freaks says to tithe. And I don't have any money to give. I got three kids. I pay child support. I can't afford to do this, but they say, God, do it. So I'm going to do it. But I'm worried... I wrote this. I'm worried about the outcome. But what happened? I made a choice. And God honored my choice. Romans one twenty something. Romans is in the Bible. I I told Pastor Joel I need to calm down. I get so wild. If you people ask me for my notes sometime, and I just look at my Bible and go, I don't have notes. Amen. Romans one twenty one. It shows us something here. I think. Uh, Not sure I've heard anybody preach this, but it shows us a. Uh, a progression of declension. It shows us uh, how people get where they're at. I don't really know where to start, but uh, uh, verse 16, Paul says, uh, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith that it is written, The just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They were holding the truth in unrighteousness. Because that, uh, excuse me, but that which be known of God is manifest in them. 
for God hath shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by all things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful. And notice the progression. They stopped glorifying God, which means we esteem him about everything. I trust him. I lean not on my own ways, but I acknowledge him and I trust him. I began to esteem him for everything. And when they stopped being thankful because they found themselves in a plethora of situations, look what happened. What happened? can't find it but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened don't don't, please don't look at me that way like you're above what i just read you're not and i'm not i don't want to pick on one side here i brought brother you scares me i don't want to come over here i'm just playing with you brother you you're not above it The minute you stop giving God glory, the minute you stop or let unthankfulness come into your heart, that's why we do what we do. That's why we've always done it this way and somehow I got crossed up with it. I've always found it safer to preach about me than them. But I got crossed up with it. Oh, they're just pumping me up. They're just winding me up. They just made praise an idol. They're worshiping praise. They're doing all this. And even if I didn't say it out loud, God knew it was in my heart. And so I would just sit there like a statue all the time. But the only hope you and I have to cure the sinful nature of our minds and imaginations and our heart is to get in the presence of God. Is to get outside of ourselves and begin to glorify God. Begin to thank our God. Because in doing so, we change our minds. The reason why we don't change is because we don't move. Remember, I said I'm preaching to me, okay? It's about me, not you, because you're better than me. But I didn't move. Set up here, ordained minister of God. Oh, little fat man, holy than thou. I may even give him a little wiggle once in a while. But that's not how we used to do it. We used to come right down the middle of the aisle. We said, never let a rock cry out in my name. He's worthy of all my praise. That's how we used to do it. He's worthy of it. Woo! <laughs> I'd like to see a devil show up right now. I dare him. Yeah, I got something to preach, but I go. If you want to go, go. You see, Brother Wright, Brother Wright told me quickly what was going on with Sister Kate. And I said to her the obvious, I said, hey man, the devil's so dumb, he's tipping his hat. 
he tipping his hat because we're getting. And let me tell you something. You could walk in, don't walk in alone now, but you could walk into the biggest den of iniquity. But if your temple, the Bible calls you a temple of God, a temple of the Holy Ghost, if our temple is a praising temple, is a worshiping temple, is a praying temple, those things that may have been here all week, they're not going to affect us. And if they don't affect us, then we're free to affect every guest and everybody that needs healing. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 10. Ooh, my hand is shaking. Ooh. Let me show you. Let me show you what they and Romans gave up. You see, Samantha, all I did was make a decision. That's it. That's it. That's it. And I kept my word. Listen to this. We use this in spiritual warfare and that's fine. Uh, what did I say? Second Corinthians 10, chapter 3. For we walk, uh, chapter 10. For we walk, uh, how do we walk? We walk with our feet, right? For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God are pulling down the strongholds. And we want to stop right there. My Lord, we want to stop right there. And then we're going to chase devils and demons and princes and palates and all these other things. But you know, I'm of the opinion that this scripture might just be written to us for us. I'm going to get to it in a minute. Am I okay, Brother Joel? You know, Brother, Brother Joel, come here for a minute, buddy. Now listen, Brother Joel and I used to be a lot taller. Well, he was taller, but we shrink when we get older, right? Short fat guy, big fat guy. <laughs> fat retired guys. <laughs> now in combat, I know nothing about combat. He's a trained combat engineer. And if I was to wear his armor in combat, you know what I would use it for? A tent at night to keep me covered. Pastor's been preaching about speaking it. Speak to your mountain. Speak it. Say it. Clear it. That's all good and it's a biblical principle and it's well done. But if what's inside or under your armor doesn't agree mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually with what you're saying, you are awake. You're going to get hurt. John, John likes me. I cast you out, you rotten, stinking demon in Jesus' name. What if it is a demon? And he looks at me and says, Paul, I know. Joel, I know. But you better get out of my face, little man. <laughs> Pulling down strongholds. What strongholds? Casting down imaginations and every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity Every thought into the obedience of Christ. And if, and if I remember correctly, which if I do, it's a miracle. But the word there, obedience, is the word in the Greek that literally means bring every thought into the attentive hearing of what God has to say. Yeah. 
you ain't God. You hear his voice. But you bring yourself into the attentive hearing and obedience to Christ. And every, you said that's not possible. Don't tell me that. Praise God. Isaiah 64, I'm a little worked up. I'll calm down here in a minute. Probably not. <laughs> Sorry for that lie. I don't know how they do that. How do they do that? Anybody know? Isaiah 64 says this. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither have the eye seen, O God, besides thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Message Bible says, since before time began, no one has imagined, no ear heard, no eye seen, a God like you who works for those who wait on him. And you know what's really cool is? There's really nothing new in the New Testament. Just things renewed or truth. And if you go to uh, 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, you'll see that Paul makes reference to this verse. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, did I say that? Don't let me get lost now. Paul says, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared. The word is fixed for him that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us. Really? How? By His Spirit. God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but by the Spirit. And it goes on to say, but we know them, because we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. There's a bunch of you that are believing and plugging back in and getting engaged and that's why God is beginning to move in the depth and the dimension. Miracles, miraculous, that's child's play for God. When his people will begin to renew their minds. The Bible is full of encouragements along this line. I, 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 I didn't really plan for this, but I do want to say this because somebody's going to ask the question and we don't have time to deal with it tonight. Well, how do I get my mind in check, Brother Trombley? Well, there's scriptures like 2 Peter 3 and 1 that says, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds. How? By way of remembrance. What does that mean? When you are fighting a fight, when you're praying every day of your life, you read the word of God and you remember that Paul said, you guys were nothing. You were Gentile dogs. But now, through Christ, you are no longer aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. But you're inheritors of the promise of the covenants of God. And therefore, whatever I remember in here is now mine and I can make war with it. Not to gain territory, but so that the devil doesn't gain territory on me. Am I all right? He wouldn't tell me if I wasn't anyways. <laughs> Psalm 78 says something like this, that they turned back, they shooed, they turned around, they turned away from God, and they tempted God, and they, they limited God. How can we limit God? It goes on to say, look it up, Psalm 78, somebody bail me out. It says, they remembered not his hand. They remembered not. 
I'm just be honest with you. Every time I come to church, not every time, but most of the time I come to church, I have to remind myself what this is all about. Or I might take over or interject something that doesn't need to be interjected. I might, I might begin to forget that this is about God, first and foremost, about Jesus Christ, and secondly, about his sheep, his people that he loved and died for, and thirdly, for the, for the ones that need to know God and come to know. If I don't remind myself of that, oh, please, don't tell me. Really, you're better than me in that regard? Really? Is that why you sit there? Because it's not on your personality? Because it's outside your box? Because you don't feel it's necessary? Because you don't think it profited anything? You know what the real reason is? Because you've been wounded. You've been hurt in the household of God. You've been offended. You've been wrong, perhaps. And you don't know how to make it right. I'm telling you how to make it right today. Make a choice. Bible, you, you could quote thousands of scriptures. Blessed be the Lord and forget not his benefits. I mean, you'd have to really never pick up your Bible to find something positive in the scripture. So, Psalms 165, 119, 165. Uh, oh God. <laughs> they have peace that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. I think I just mixed two things, didn't I? No. Woo, who's doing that? I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it how I, I can stand here before you and just confess in front of Mother Wright, probably on tape, that I was wrong. Let me say something to you real quick. Success and failure begin in your mind. I was raised in the mountaintops of New Hampshire. I got a little brother that's about six foot one, a grandfather that's six foot five. My father's almost six foot tall. My mother's about the size of my dear sister Ivanka over there. And I inherited all of her height. And I, you know, I, I use this because I don't want to just call you out. I could. So I'll embarrass myself for your sake. But I hate being short. I still hate it. It still bothers me. I got beat up. I beat up other people. People looked at me. My attitude was just out of control. It was horrible. I hated myself. I hated everything. I hated everybody. And then, you know, life is life. You get wounded by authority, whatever. You get abused. I mean, it happens, right? It happens. I was molested as a child. I returned the favor years ago and all this. I mean, I'm just that life, you know? Life. You, You can't have success when you have this inside your mind. If somebody, come, somebody would come along and try to help me who was in authority, and, and I would literally tell them things. Like things you can't say in church. Like, get away from me. And this, this followed me even after receiving the Holy Ghost. Even after receiving the Holy Ghost. I won't listen to my bishop. Stand up. 
Stand up. I ain't going to listen to you either because you're taller than me. And I'm, I'm fearful of you, man. So you know what? I got to prove that I can stand up. You know, that, that attitude stinks. You can't go anywhere in life. That is a wounded attitude. He's not chasing me, is he? <laughs> and, 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 and I got so much more to say, but don't write me off. I'm just going to jump ahead in the, in the message, if you will. The Bible says in, in, in uh, Genesis 6 and 5 that God destroyed the entire world, save eight people, because the thoughts and the imagination of the heart were continually wicked. <laughs> The word in the Hebrew for thoughts is plans. They're plans. The word, in, the word for imagination in Hebrew is yetzer. It literally means the place of conception or birth. In other words, how you think formulates plans and you begin to birth the plans that you think. You don't believe me? Look at... Uh, I'm sorry, whoever's doing it, I don't know what it is. It's uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse 6, maybe. Try it. 11, 6. Yes. Woohoo. Thank you, Lord. You just don't know what a burnout I am. That's a miracle. And the Lord said, Behold, at the Tower of Babel, the people are one. And they have all one language, and this they began to do. And now nothing, this is God, and nothing will restrain them which they have imagined to do. If evil people can imagine such greatness, what could God's people do if they would let him give them a new mind? But you know what we do? You know what we do? Well, I recently talked to a few people, not just one. So you hear, I know you're here and you think I'm picking on you. I'm not. There's been several people. And they said, oh, Brother Trump, I just don't know what to do. I said, that's your problem. God didn't create human doers. He created human beings. He created us in his image. He created us creative. He created us with a mind. He created us through his love. He expressed his love by giving us a soul and the flesh and the Hebrew, a voice, a spirit. He loved us and for no other reason did he do that. And then he gave us an inheritance through Adam and Eve, the Garden of Eden. And the only thing he asked them to do was keep it and guard it. 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 How about, how about Romans 12, right? Romans 12 and... I need help. Romans 12 and 2 maybe. And be not conformed... Go to 1. Verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is reasonable service. Stop! All good holy rollers, you should be dancing right now because that's all you care about is the outward of the cup. I'm going to go to two in a minute, but hold on. Am I taking too much liberty here? There's something in Judaism called Lashan Hara. It's evil speech. They're not permitted to speak evil of anyone, even if it's true. No gossip, no slander. I, I'm itching to teach that lesson someday. But you know what? 
I know a lot of Jewish people, and I'm not lumping a stereotypical, you know, whatever. But, but I know they don't do that, literally. But what, what good does it do just to fix the outside of the lip and bridle the tongue without the heart being fettered to the Lord? Some of you look so good. You might as well just come down here and dance, 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 dance all night. Just let that hair go down. You know what? I, I got, I'm sorry, but I... I I just, I, I grabbed my wife and made a, I said, let's make a stand. We went over there and worshiped. But if I'd done what I should have done and I wasn't such a coward, I would have come right here. But you see, I didn't because I was afraid what you might think of me. Oh, he's on hell now. He's sucking up to Joel. He's part of the TV preacher. I don't want to preach. I've told him that. I don't want this mic. I don't want no part of it. I don't care whether you believe that or not. It's the truth. But if I had done what I felt like to do, I would have grabbed my wife and we would have just come right down here like this and danced all night long. Why? Because I'm making a statement. You're right. I am making a statement. I am making a statement. You're right. You're absolutely right. And it's about time that Antioch stood up and remade that statement. All right, hold on. Listen to this. Second Chronicles 12, verse 14. Did I get it right? This is fun, seeing if I get it right. Second Chronicles uh, 12, verse 14. No, he don't have it right. I got him that time. It speaks of a king named Rehoboam. And Rehoboam was a decent man for a while. He ruled the kingdom of God for some time. He even had revival for some time. Is that right, Brother You? The Bible speaks fairly decent of him up to a point. And then Scripture makes this point. It says, and he, being King Rehoboam, did evil. Oh, my goodness. He must have stopped praying. He must have, he must have committed sodomy or some great sin. He did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. He didn't fix or establish his heart firmly in the right direction. That's all he did. Maybe he took a Monday off or a Tuesday. Maybe he took some luxury or a vacation he thought he needed. And along the way, he forgot to fix or establish it. There's something that always bothered me in Scripture. In Romans chapter 1, verse, we didn't read down this far, but it says the end of that progression of declension that I read is that he gave them over to reprobate minds. Has it ever bothered anybody that scripture says things like, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart? I can be honest with you. There was a time in my life where I, I just had to ask God, God, that, that, that don't seem right. I thought you cared about all, so you said you made a great feast and didn't make to come. Your house might be filled. All right, all right, y'all better than me. I get it. It bothered me. But then I looked at a story in Mark 6 or something about right after he fed the 
people with the five loaves and two fishes. And from that story, he goes right into some, he gets, I think he gets in a boat or they get in a boat and he goes away and he comes to them on the, on, on the sea and they freak out. It's Casper the friendly ghost and they don't know what's going on. And Jesus comes to him and says, you know, you, you didn't believe because of the hardness of your heart because you forgot the miracle of the loaves and fishes. So the point is, and if you study this in the Hebrew, when he hardened Pharaoh's heart, the Hebrew insinuates that all he did was strengthen Pharaoh's heart in the direction that it was determined to go. Literally what it means in the Hebrew, when you study it out, it literally means that God just simply gave up and decided to determine that to, to harden his heart in the direction of Pharaoh. You know, that's the danger of sitting on the pews not worshiping for a long time. <laughs> I understand you're hurt. I understand you've been wronged. I understand you're having problems. I understand not life is not going right. But there's no guarantee that God might look at you and say, that's it, they've made up my mind. I'm going to let them go that way. I'm just going to give it over because they're determined to stay that way. I am not threatening you. I'm not getting paid to prop up anybody. I'm telling you about me. Our hearts will be strengthened in one or two directions. And that's it. It's either going to go towards evil in the world or it's going to go towards heaven and God. That's your only choice. There's no middle ground. Oh, God, have mercy. I don't think King Rehoboam woke up in the morning and said, you know what, I'm going to go plan to do evil. I've been a pretty bad person in my life, but I don't think I've ever remembered waking up saying, you know, I'm going to do evil today. (laughs) Pray, Pastor Joel, pray. I'm trying to find a landing spot. I really am problem is, I've done used all the little notes I have and they're not working. Let me say this to you. Whoever controls your mind controls you. Now, don't get fooled with people that have great success in life and they make lots of money because no, more than likely they're compensating for something wrong inside through ambition. Don't bring money and success in that way into God's house like that. He threw all that out one day in the temple. That's not what we're talking about here. You will not go past how you feel about yourself on the inside. Pastor Wright read it today. Love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and with all of thy mind, which is a quote from Leviticus. Are you quiet because I'm hitting home? <laughs> let, me, let me just prove this to you, okay? How the mind works. We did this in Severn, right? Severn, Severn, Severn. We got a lot of people that are ripened in age like me, right? So I can do this and you'll, you'll get it, right? Watch this. I'm not even going to tell you what I'm going to say or what it is. The best part of waking up. 
Yeah, it's, it's really a shame that secular, worldly people know, more, know about the human mind more than we do. But yeah, we just sit right in front of that thing. Control me. I need to shut it down. Remember, I'm talking about me. I don't, I don't want to think right now. Just go ahead and control me. And subconsciously, I give you access to my mind. But I won't subconsciously give my mind to Jesus through praise and worshipful prayer. But I'll give it to the boob tube. I'm not, I, again, I, I know, I, I'm not me. I'm not mad. I'm just telling you a truth about me. Good. All right, Mother Right, you'll tell me the truth. I can't believe you made me preach in front of you. Would you t- turn around, please? No. <laughs> Your imagination is going to work. Every, you know what? Sometimes you come to church and you want, you're preaching to the sinner. Sometimes you come and you're preaching to the guest. Sometimes you get a word from God for the healing. There's going to be healing today. Sometimes you get a word from God that you know is, is localized, and it's for the local body or just a few people. But I'm going to tell you something that I believe and know in my heart, in my imagination right now. I am speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to every single one of you in this room. Because you all have an imagination. And it is going to work whether you want it to or whether you don't. That's why we drug ourselves up and drink ourselves down. Because we're trying to quiet something inside of us that we can't control. And that's why I bring that flesh unto God and make it subject to Him. Because I can't control it. But if I get it in His presence, He can. Brother right? Close your eyes. Got the oil? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) How long do you live in your house now? The one you're in right now? Three and a half years. Not a long time. Could you tell me how many, without, without, you know, open your eyes or anything, how many outside access doors you have in your house? Three. And if I gave you time enough, he could probably count the windows. He might even be able to count the cabinet drawers in the kitchen. Because that's how we think. In pictures. That's how we think. You don't have to agree with me, it's right. So whatever you're allowing your Kodak film to take snapshots of is in your mind and cannot be deleted except supernaturally. (laughs) Words can change your picture. You know the essence of the New Testament, the New Covenant we call it, of being born again. In Jeremiah 31 and 31, Ezekiel 36, 26, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and so on. Even in John chapter 3 and 5, the essence and the prophecy of it all is that God, through the agency of His Spirit, would give us a new heart. He would take out the stony heart. He would remove the rough ground. He would renew our hearts and our minds. Same thing, through the agency of God's Spirit. That's why you must have the Spirit of God in you, because it is the newness of life. It is the birth 
birthing of a new heart. It is being born again of water and of spirit. It will give you the victory. Over who? Well, over you. Don't go blaming the devil. My goodness gracious. Over you. So many scriptures. Deuteronomy 2 says, The Lord your guard hardened his... Uh, excuse me, that's not the right one. David said... I'm ready to close, so I hope you're ready. Uh, David said things like this. Create in me, O Lord, a heart. And in light of the little that I shared with you in the Hebrew, now you see it means much more than what you thought. Create in me a clean heart because my sin and my mistakes have corrupted my thinking. It, it is so corrupted and corroded the way my very being is corrupted. And so now I look at myself in the mirror and you as my authority and my friends and even my family and my wife in a corrupted nature because I'm not thinking with a sound mind. Oh, you know, one more time. Stand up, buddy. Stand up. Stand up. If you believe the TV, I'm the wrong color. I'm too short. I'm definitely too fat. 230 pounds for a midget is a lot of weight. Ain't no girls going to look at me on the beach. That's over. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't have any muscles except for this one right here. I can't run a marathon. I couldn't run a minithon. If you're going to believe what's being preached out there, then I don't have a prayer. But you see, I don't believe any of that. God's given me a calling. He's given me a vision. He's put a light inside of me. His light that shines brighter than any lighthouse. And it's inside of me. And I'm tired of keeping it up. This is what Abraham of old said. The scripture tells us that Abraham, uh, with Brother Joel, and thanks for sharing that with me this morning, Brother Joel. And that was an excellent word of God. Thank you. I mean that sincerely. I'm going to look further into that. But the Bible says that Abraham, though he was dead in his body, and his wife too insinuated in that verse, and he was old of age, considered not all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah boy see if you, you consider in the wrong things considering your height or lack thereof considering you have no hair considering you're nobody considering you live in a shack considering you have no money consider they have all and you. if you're considering all those things you're never going to make it but Abraham said I'm not considering that stuff I'm considering the promises and the prophecies and the covenant of God and his word is true and I will stand on his word Come on, stand to your feet and activate your faith right now. It's not time to sit down. It's done. We're done preaching. Somebody get delivered today. Come on, somebody needs to make up your mind right now. Come on, you don't need the, the God to come shake you. You need to shake yourself. You need to determine in your mind right now, enough is enough. Maybe you need to get out of your seat. As a declaration, as Brother Trombley said, maybe you need to get out of your seat and say, I'm making up my mind tonight. I'm not going to do what I did. I'm not going to think the way I think. You said, Brother, I don't know if I can keep that promise. We won't start with tomorrow. Let's start with now.
Don't worry about tomorrow. Take care of what you can right now. Make up your mind. Come on, some of you need to come and say, God, forgive me for letting my mind get out of control. Forgive me for letting my thoughts get out of control. Forgive me for letting myself be surrounded in negativity and doubt. Make up in your mind tonight. Come on, there's some more of you that need to respond to this word. Come on, there's some more of you God's been putting on your heart. But because you're untethered mind, you can't go past where you are. But now that you're being pulled on with your heart, let God begin to touch your mind. But you've got to first start by making a choice. Come on, make a choice. Make a choice. Come on, you don't need some big emotional deal you don't need to fall out in the spirit you need to make a choice tonight I refuse any longer to think the way I thought I refuse anymore to let this control my mind brother Chomley said it whoever and whatever controls your mind controls you you can let your shame control you. You can let your doubt control you. You can let what others have done to you control you. You can let what you've done to others control you. But you can make a choice tonight. No more. No more. You say, brother, I don't feel anything. I don't care if you feel something or not. That's not the point. A choice is not based off emotion. A choice is not based off what I feel or don't feel. A choice is based on the fact the man of God spoke a word, and I'm going to do what God has challenged me to do tonight. Whether or not you feel it or not, I don't care. Make a choice. You can't live in doubt and speak faith. You can't let negativity control your mind and then speak faith. Some of you say, well, I don't, have, I don't have much faith. I don't have faith like this person. I don't have faith like that person. You need to start by what's controlling your mind. You say, well, I'm just a naturally negative person. There's no such thing as a naturally negative person. You're allowing yourself to be controlled by what's going on in your mind. You say, well, I, I'm, just not a, I, I'm just not one of those positive people. Why don't you choose tonight? I'm not going to think that way anymore. You say, what if I, don't, I can't do it? You know what? It starts with a choice. And tomorrow you got to get up and make the same choice. And then Tuesday you got to get up and make the same choice. And when you come in the house of God, you got to make a choice. What are you going to allow to, to control you? I'm going to praise. I'm going to worship. I'm going to magnify. Because I'm allowing and choosing to do that. Oh, come on. Those of you that have come down here, won't you lift your hands one more time? Come on. You don't need to tell me this. You need to tell God. God, I'm making a decision tonight. Come on, some of you are waiting for our typical Pentecostal emotional jump around because that's what we're used to. That's not what this is about. You're not going to fall out in the spirit, start speaking in tongues, start jumping around and singing a bunch of songs. That's not what we're doing tonight. Tonight is a choice. Choose you this day whom ye will serve.
Come on, that's why God wants to heal you. That's why God wants to deliver you. That's why God wants to set you free. Why does he want to do all those things? Because if he heals you and he sets you free and he delivers you, it will help change the way you think. But if he heals you and he delivers you, but you don't change the way you think, you've got nothing. Nothing. I want you to reach over next to somebody right now all over this place we're almost done but would you just reach over next to somebody let's pray one for another come on ask the Lord to help us all come on come on reach over and find somebody next to you just pray one for another in the name of Jesus
those of you there's some still praying but for those of you that would would you just lift your hands and let's just thank the Lord let's thank him let's thank him let's thank him hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus thank you Jesus You know, it's, I want to say this, but I want to say it within this context. I want to thank Brother Trombley for obeying the Holy Ghost, but here's what I want to say more than that. We can teach scripture and we can share the word, but there's sometimes you can say, argue, well, I don't believe it. I don't see it like that. And you can, you can wiggle your way out. But when someone's willing to stand up here and be honest with you and say, I was here, but now I'm here. And you look and go, well, if I'm kind of where he was and he's there, guess what? I'm going to have to stand in judgment with people. And I'm going to have to look and say, God, well, I couldn't do it. And God's going to say, you couldn't, but they did. And I didn't give them any more help than I gave you. So I want to say tonight to Brother Trombley publicly, thank you for his open and honesty, transparency. It's not always easy to admit you're wrong, but it's not easy to admit behind this pulpit holding the microphone in front of everybody that you're wrong. But that is, a, that is such a blessing to be able to hear where somebody was and to be challenged that if they can change What's your excuse? So I'm, I'm, I appreciate Brother Trombley obeying the Holy Ghost. Let's just thank the Lord one more time. Can you do that? Let's thank him. He is so worthy. Whoa, he's so worthy. He's so worthy. We are so worthy. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. You can shake somebody's hand. But as you're shaking a hand, pick a chair. Shake. Shake with the right and pick with the left. Shake with the left and pick with the right. God bless you.